Hey, Colin. Hey, hey. How's it going? This has been too long, man. It, it really has. What is it, six, I mean, six months, you said? Something like that. I looked back at what our last audio bit was, and it was like six months ago, like December of 2016, which if you would have asked me before I looked, I my best guess would have been like, oh, February, March, something like that. But no, it's been six months. I can't believe it. What have you been doing for six months? Anything? Nothing Nothing in your life has happened at all, as far as I can tell. No, n- nothing. Um, I, uh, you know, I just got engaged, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm getting married in um, 40 days or so. <laughs> Whoa. I didn't realize there was that kind of turnaround. So, so you, you asked, she said yes, and then you said, what is your next available date on your calendar, pretty much, or what? Um, I, we, we, we'd been talking about it, and uh, just talking about, oh, maybe getting married or, or whatever, and uh, kind of seeing, seeing you know, what our thoughts on the whole situation was, and, um, and then I proposed, and then she looked at her calendar on what <laughs> what dates would work for her, and uh-huh. and then she went and asked for asked for time off for her work and asked for um, you know a range of a month and you know uh, we, we were like hey you know whatever day whatever week you can get off of work we'll we'll uh, get married on the Saturday before. So see, I like that. I I, I like the practicality of the you know. Because some people are completely impractical, you know, they're like, oh, this big thing, and hope, but, you know, it's just like a, a practical look at it, like, when's the best time, and so forth. I like it. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you. Um, I never thought that, you know, last last January when I moved here, that that I would be getting married any time in, in the near future, but here I am. A year and a half mm-hmm. later, and getting married soon. So, life happens. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're so exhausted from from thinking about this this wedding day that you slept in this morning and missed our <laughs> our podcast. Which you know, when you texted me last night and said like, "Oh, let's do it," you know, you're for for those that listen to this and have no idea that Danny and I live on two opposite ends of our continent. Um, you're three hours behind me. So when you texted me and said, let's do it at seven o'clock your time, I'm like, you know, that's ambitious for a Saturday morning, you know? (laughs) Well, for the past month and really for the past six months, um, you know, a few days on occasion, but really the past six months, I have been getting up at 545, 550 or waking up at 550 and then like I'll sit on bed and you know, on Twitter or on Facebook, looking at stuff or on Instagram for an hour. And then I'm like, okay, well, you know, like I'm bored now. I'm going to like get up and actually go to my computer and start work and do stuff. Um, yeah. So I've, I've been up usually, you know, by six thirty seven o'clock if I had, if I had breakfast. Um, and yesterday I went to this pie shop. Uh, they, have, <laughs> they have this local pie shop that... Uh, they do, you know, it's kind of like a Denny's, but just kind of, I guess, the local area shop that does pie and breakfast, and um, I, I had this amazing omelet and some pancakes and a milkshake, and 
I don't know what it was, but but that was just that was enough to to kick my normal you know sleep schedule out and um, give me the the worst stomach ache <laughs> that I've had in a long time, and um, I just slept all the way through and man, it's like that that, that doesn't happen to me normally. <laughs> what was the name of this place? It's a uh, Sherry's. I mean, it's a chain, so I'm, I'm not sure how big, but I, I never heard of it until I moved here to the Pacific I've Northwest. You called it a pie store? But, yeah, it's a pie shop. But you had pancakes. Yeah, it's it's like Denny's, but, mm, you know, it's more like Marie Callender's, but with a Denny's focus, or like with like a breakfast <laughs> thing. <laughs> with a Denny's focus. It's a diner. Uh-huh. It's a diner, okay? Yeah. All right, all right. Well, around here, I mean, I'm not sure about all Denny's, but around here, Denny's is pretty much like when I was a kid, you know, I'm 36 now. So when I was like 17, so, you know, 20 years ago, it was like where you went at three, like it was 3 a.m. You just finished whatever it was that you were doing um, and you needed something to eat before you went home. Denny's was what you did. And then it was literally the worst decision ever. Like, it, it's yes. just greasy. Well, yes. it's just not good. That's, that, is, that, is, that, is, that is what you're describing is what this place is. You know, it's the local <laughs> 24-7. You're gonna, you've, you've, made a, you've made a bad mistake. <laughs> you've made a bad choice coming <laughs> to this like, place. I mean, the fact that you had to sleep, like, that's, I mean, first of all, I just want to let you know how much I admire you. Because if you go out and go to a place that you would categorize as a pie store and it makes you like sleep in the next day to me you did it exactly the way that i would hope to be able to do it It amazing so i was just out so instead of you know we didn't get a chance to record this morning so i just went out and went for a hike and uh, i went for a hike at a, a local state park here and um the ticks this year i don't know if you do a lot of hiking yeah. um but the ticks this year, you know, my wife told me, oh, there's, 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 they're saying that it's three times as many ticks this year. And her and I were recently, uh, you might see on my Instagram, there's some pictures of some geese and stuff. We were recently at like a lake that's near here and just bopping around. And she was like, just be careful of ticks. And I'm like, well, you know, God, I'm always kind of mindful of it when I get back from wherever I'm going, but I'm not usually like paranoid by any means. And today I, I wore pants specifically because of this report, and uh, I can say unequivocally that it is insane right now, it, it, to the point where I was out there for maybe, I probably went for about two-hour hike or so, um, you know, which isn't that much because I was going really slow. So I, I brought my binoculars and um, was purposely trying to see a lot of wildlife, and so I was being really quiet and not moving much. Um, but I left kind of because of how many ticks there were. Wow. Like I was, I got, I got to the point where, um, even on the trail, uh, I was, uh, every five or six minutes I had a tick on me and I'm like, I gotta get out of here. I'm like, it's just way too bad. And I know someone who has dealt with Lyme's disease and, uh, or is it Lyme disease? Is it Lyme disease or Lyme's disease? Like I'm, possessive? I don't know. I'm not sure. But I know someone who has dealt with that and I do not want to mess with it. I can tell you that much. Do you have any experience with ticks over there? Yeah, I I don't I haven't had any experience with ticks. I've just been aware of it and and I just like I don't want to deal with it. Like I I've, I've had to like pull ticks off of dogs and stuff and just like, okay, 
I do not want to have that same experience with my own self. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like I said, he's not a close friend of mine or anything, but he was like a childhood friend kind of thing, and um, it's it's bad, bad, bad news if you don't catch it in time. Fortunately, if you catch it in time, there is stuff that you can do, but uh, anyway. So, now we're here, and I have a couple co- a couple topics that I'd like to cover for today. Uh, hopefully, we can make this a regular thing again. Yeah. Um, at least until you get, uh, you know, uh, at least until, well, even afterwards, I mean, you know, you, yeah, you, you, I, I think, you have some downtime in between, but I, I, th- I think it'll, I think it'll work. We'll probably only be able to, you know, only have to skip, you know, one or two weekends, but very cool. So, so the first thing I have on my list, I didn't get a chance to share this list with you, but that's good. Cause it'll be like fresh for you. Uh, my first thing that I had on here was the fact that Netflix is doing the dark crystal. Um, and I was wondering, yeah, yeah, I see your eyes get a little bigger there. What is your experience with the original Dark Crystal? Um, grew up watching the entire, like everything that Jim Henson did. Um, yeah. You know, me and my best friend growing up, you know, our families, we just watched everything. And so, you know, it's, it's a huge part of my childhood and that's kind of creepy, but I, I always thought, well, you know, when they, when they redid and, you know, kind of did that relaunch of the Muppets movies, I was like, okay, well maybe, you know, this kind of proves that somebody else can kind of take the reins, but you know, there's this, it's, it's kind of like, like the Marvel, like when they started launching and doing all these new Marvel movies, you're like, you know, this is interesting. They're showing that they can actually do a good job with this. There's this huge back catalog of stuff, and you know it's kind of had kind of had that same feeling when that new Muppet movie came out ten years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So optimistically optimistic, cautiously optimistic. Yeah, Um, I only saw the teaser so far, but the fact that they're not using the CGI and everything makes me think that at least they're going to take a good swing for it. Um, For me, Netflix has been. Uh, has had has done a good job on several projects, but not great on a couple of others. Which is which is going to be normal for anything. Like if you say, "Oh, they're going to make a new book from this series, or they're going to make a new movie from that series, or whatever," you would expect that some of them won't turn out. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> don't please don't die on video. <laughs> Try not to. So, like um. Let's see what what have you watched on Netflix that you really liked that they've taken on. Um, I loved the Arrested Development season that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think about what, what what else that I've seen that they've done. Um, Were you a big fan of Arrested Development prior to that? I I was. I had, like, basically, I had seen, like, random episodes, um, Mm -hmm. and I didn't really get it, because it's all basically a series of jokes that build on each other, and that's Arrested Development. And um, and then, you know, I had a friend that had Netflix, and we, you know, binge-watched the whole whole series, and then, then I was ready when, you know, the year or two after, when they came out with their own, you know, their own season of it, 
then it, it made a like people were complaining about like oh it's different but it, it made sense why they did it and I, I think it was fine um, yeah and I, I you know I, I love that hey here's you know a company that's willing to fund another season of something that's yeah. something that's good and you know keep the production quality high enough that it's not like oh this is clearly just them mm-hmm. you know th- throwing money at this and not actually getting quality yeah, I think it's interesting that, um, you know, Netflix, we could probably talk about for a while. I have a, a note here to talk about the fact that Netflix and Amazon are spending billions on this content. <clears throat> They've uh, come out and said, I think, between just the two of them, uh, like over the next three years, something like that, it's almost $10 billion, which seems, to me, without knowing the exact economics of each platform and stuff, it seems like a, a lot of cash. But because even if you look at something like um, – Disney or, or, you know, Disney, you can see how much money they must spend per year to come out with, you know, a bat, uh, excuse me, uh, not Batman, but Marvel and, and Star Wars and something else. They easily burn through a billion dollars or more, um, but then make about four or five times that per thing. So uh, for, I mean, it seems like a model that works, obviously. It's just that, you know, Netflix, Netflix gets, has a different kind of, economics tied to it, you know, where it's not ticket sales specifically. And and so it's more about, you know, either keeping the current customers there or getting a, an audience uh, that is, that is currently not on Netflix to get into it, you know? Um, And so I think it was really smart, that strategy of like saying, you know, the low hanging fruit here is to not reinvent any brand new series, but to go out and find series that have maybe just just small enough of an audience that was not able to retain a cable television network's attention, but large enough certainly to say there's going to be hundreds of thousands of people that want to watch this thing on Netflix, you know? Um, So even something like, like, like full house or something like, why would you, you know, that is not like something that the world needs to come back, you know, necessarily, but it is something that, you know, there was, there was, a generation of people that understood what it was, who the characters were, you know, and, and that they could bring them all back. Probably to be honest with you, that I know that they probably, I think they changed the show, but um, meaning that they went, they, they took, they took one of the character storylines and kind of bridged that into this thing. So it's, it's not exactly what the old show was, but, um, but they probably did it for minimal amount of dollars, you know, uh, they were probably able to do that. Like they don't have to come up with any new, you know, storylines and blah, blah, blah. Like they, they can just follow the same stuff. So it's very interesting to me that that's how Netflix has done this. Now you look at something like the dark crystal, um, which I'm sure very interestingly to me, at least seems like would be, I'm very surprised that Netflix was able to get this because of the, licensing and legal things that must be around the Henson, you know, juggernaut, you know, um, you think, you know, when we, like you said, the Muppets and, you know, uh, labyrinth and, and just, it goes on and on and on and on about, you know, what Henson has had his hands in <laughs> pun intended, I suppose, because it's Muppets, <laughs> but, but just, just for that, that's what surprised me first. Firstly, when I saw this was, that there's probably a lot of red tape to get through probably to get this, unless somebody was like, oh, here you go, it was a done deal. 
The second thing is that it's um, it isn't a Lion King or anything like that. Um, I bet you there are large amounts of people my age that have never seen it, um, but that have heard of it. Um, and yeah, there's this I, guy I feel like it's it's like the Blade Runner of of puppetry. Yeah. Like it is not <laughs> the it is not the film that you would think that somebody would spend a ton of money to say, all right, let's make a sequel. Yeah, and yet they are, and and so uh, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm I'm happy for my own sake, but cautiously optimistic about like you know the financial success and whether whether the that it'll turn out well or not. But um, you know, they they've done a fairly good job with with what they pick and what they choose to invest in and have produced. Um, I think it's a good thing. I don't want to say kind of regardless of the outcome because of the consolidation mm-hmm. in the film and TV industry. Um, there's just, you know, because of Disney acquiring so many companies and then the mergers of other companies, there's so few independent companies willing to like make the investment and, and put out quality stuff. Oh yeah, like if I said we're going to release this in theaters, I mean, who knows what it would have? But Netflix or or Amazon Prime is like kind of like the perfect thing. It's like it's it's you're going to go on there and you're going to watch it because you don't have to pay for it because you're already paying for it. And so I think it's great, and I I think it's great that it's a prequel. I think it's great they're not using CGI. I'm just really happy to see them doing some of these more. I wouldn't call them daring so much, but I would say I'm very glad that they're doing some of these things that, that you you would say, like, that doesn't make much sense. But in they've created a world in which now it makes sense, which is really, really cool. So there have been a couple things. I know the Marvel fans are very, very happy that they've picked up several of their characters yeah. that would probably never have movies or anything else. But now they have these series, you know, full series that they get to watch and there's multiple of them, and now they're doubling down on those things. I know there's a couple that are coming that are coming again for for uh, second seasons or series or whatever you want to call them. And so, I think it's great. I think it's really really cool that 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 we have something like Netflix and Amazon Prime. And now that Apple supposedly in June this this June time period is going to allow, well, I don't know where the the axe to grind really is between Apple and Amazon. Um, you know, Amazon didn't have the Apple TV on their store for a long time. And then, you know, Apple TV doesn't have an Amazon prime video application on it. And so, you know, they were going back and forth on that. And who knows? That's an interesting thing. Like I would love to like somebody do the research and trace back and see like, where did where did this rivalry start and like why like they seem like they would be natural um cooperative partners in attacking and taking down like Google or Microsoft or um like any any yeah. new competitor um to the scene well, they seem like I, they'd be good but and um, this is like yeah. this is this is this is like not a real fight, though. That's the thing that I think is interesting. It'd be like if you and I were sitting across from each other throwing toothpicks at one another, in my opinion. Because Amazon's a juggernaut, Apple is a juggernaut, and Apple TV is, you know, while in and of itself a 
you know, a money-making thing. It's, it's nowhere near Apple's bread and butter. And so I just think it's interesting that, that they're choosing to fight on this one little level when they could be fighting on 50 different levels. Like, like yeah. they, they have MacBooks and they have iMacs and everything on Amazon. It's not like they, you can't buy those things. And, and you know, they, they've been, like, fighting, you know, this at, at, a, at a corporate level on a number of things. Mm-hmm. And and maybe that's like the the underlying issue is that you know at the top level these people are aware that hey Amazon poaching our engineers and Apple's poaching our engineers and then yeah. and then there's just some petty thing like oh well we don't we don't want to make a huge deal out of this but um let, let's have this lawsuit about um you know iBooks and and all of that or Oh, let's let's keep the let's keep the Apple TV off of off of Amazon. Like these little things that okay, like the lawsuit's a little bit of a bigger one, but um, yeah, that, like, that's a big one. But but there are like little things that seem petty. Like like why would that be the one that you choose? All right, let's really stick it to them with Apple TV. Yeah, I don't know. Like it, it kind of screams of a Jobsian thing to do. You know, Steve Jobs was notorious for being like you know, quick to react and hold grudges and so forth, you know, more so than I think at least the, the at least what we see so far with Tim Cook, at least, I don't know. Um, but uh, I, I don't know what started it. I am kind of glad that it might be coming to an end, perhaps because that lawsuit is now, you know, kind of over the horizon and stuff. I don't know. But, um, but I'll be happy to, to see the Amazon Prime app because my whole point of bringing it up was um, – I have to jump through a few hoops given my current setup in order to be able to watch Amazon Prime. But I will because the content is um, almost wholly different than what's on Netflix. Yeah. Um, when I go on there, I don't know if this is like on purpose or not, but I very, very rarely see the same videos or the same movies being promoted on one as I do the other. Um and so I don't know if that's on purpose or not because I'm sure that their their catalog overlaps somewhere once in a while, not maybe not all that often. But um, I always find it interesting that by having Netflix and Amazon Prime, you get you get you can have quite quite a bit to to look at, you know. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens with the Dark Crystal specifically, but I'm also as excited about this, you know, ten billion dollars that's going into, um, you know, content that I will be able to get on my screen. Day one that it comes out, don't have to go to the movies, don't have to pay any more than I already am, so on and so forth. I, I, I mean, it's kind of really interesting. Do you subscribe to both? Yes. Um, I'm gonna say I've I've had a Prime account since they came out with Amazon Prime, and so I've never specifically paid for any of like the Prime features, like the mm-hmm. you know, I think it's like ninety or a hundred and ten dollars now for the year, and um, so it, it's roughly the same cost as as Netflix, but they they have you know there's all these add-on things. It's like oh, uh, you know they bought Twitch now they have like a you know like a premium Twitch account. Oh, and if you're a Prime subscriber, you get that. And mm-hmm. you know they have like all these extra things that like oh that's great. I would have never ever like said oh yeah I definitely want to pay pay ten dollars a month for this extra for this thing. But since I'm I'm a you know Prime subscriber I get it anyway, and 
I do like just barely enough orders on Amazon for, for <laughs> to like even out the cost of shipping. And so, so like I, I keep, I'm, I keep, I keep that subscription active and yeah. it's, it's been nice to have, you know, because the catalog changes and because of all the licensing and everything, um, you know, I've, I've had Netflix now for the past year or so. And, um, and then, you know, getting, having both, you know, you get access to almost everything. I think the other big licensor is Hulu. So, you know, do you, do you pay for Hulu or no? I don't. Um, whenever I'm visiting my parents or my brother, I, I try to catch up on the stuff that's there because they pay for it. But um, yeah. for the most I've part... I've never used Hulu, ever. It, and I also didn't like the fact that when you paid for it, you still got ads. Which, yeah, that's, which that's me, the prime reason why I don't pay for it. Yeah, well, I, and then I remember bringing that up to someone. I forget who paid for it. I think Kyle, my, my co-founder from my last company, like said to me, um, you know, well, that's the same as cable. Like cable, you pay for it, and yet you still have it. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I guess it sort of has a precedent, well, obviously. That's, but when you line it up next to Amazon Prime and Netflix and then Hulu, and you're like, well, wait a second. Why do I get ads? You know, Or or, or now with YouTube TV or YouTube Red, all of those things um, are the, you know, you buy them because you don't get ads. Yeah. And the real the reason why Hulu has that is because it is the um, – collaboration of all you know the media companies and the cable companies together made hulu and so it's they're they're using the old model saying hey we can still use this old model we have the rights to the content and we will we'll have this exclusive and and people will people will pay for it regardless whereas amazon and apple and everybody else that's making content or licensing content says hey like, there's no reason for us to, to have ads because because we're no, we're not in that business right now, and, I, and, uh, and people people come to us because we don't have ads. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one one of speaking of Amazon Prime specifically, though, when you said that there was like these benefits that you don't even take advantage of sometimes, one of the biggest ones that I know that a lot of Amazon Prime members do not know about is that they give you, at least they did, and I haven't checked, because, I again, this is something I don't use. I don't even know why I don't use it. But Amazon Prime allows you to back up all of your photos uh, for free. Wow. So one, so one of the, yeah, the, yeah, so one of the things that, I mean, the, the app that they have for the photos on your phone is not that great, and it's not Google Photos, and it's not even as good as iPhoto or, or whatever, Photos for Mac or whatever. It's not even as good as those services. But it, as just a backup, as, like, a place to put all of your photos, regardless of how big it is, um, which mine's just tipping over 350 gigabytes now, that that's a lot, you know, that you can throw somewhere um, that you're already paying for. And even if you only did it, like I said, as a backup, like not meaning that I use iCloud Photo Library so that when I am, you know, at dinner with friends and they say, remember, you know, six years ago when we were so-and-so place, you can do a quick search on your phone and all of your photos and videos and stuff are there. That, that to me, I use that feature more often than I ever thought I would. So I, I pay Apple $10 a month specifically for that. But 
Um, and I, I'm, I'm imagining that if you wanted to, you could do the same thing with Amazon Prime. But um, but even if it was just a backup because you say to yourself, hey, I already paid for this, it would probably be worth looking into. And that's something that people don't even use. And based on your face, I'm guessing you don't use it either. Yeah, I, I had no idea. I'm going to look into that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's music, which I don't – I had a, a, a Spotify subscription. My, my service of choice is Spotify. Apple Music is beginning to look a little better than it did before. It was terrible at the beginning iTunes itself is absolutely terrible, um, but uh, Spotify is the one I like the best. Anyway, it's it, it, it is very easy to use. It always has all the stuff that you want. Uh, you know, what, what else could you want from a, from an application that does that? Is just you know, can you use it and um, can you find what you're looking for? Uh, but Amazon also has a music app that you could use, and it, and it's built into Prime, and I don't use that either. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, I've been using that. Um, I guess I've been moving away from Spotify and been using the Amazon music application. And I guess because I've purchased a lot of music over the 10 plus years that I've had an, uh, an Amazon account, they, and they do auto-rip for all the music that you've previously purchased um, mm-hmm. for the artists and contracts and everything that buy into that. <laughs> so it's yeah. not everything, but a lot of it, because you know the big three or four or five record companies um, have signed up for that. So um, I, I have access to a lot of the music that I purchased, plus then all the Prime-enabled music, and like that's good enough for me at the gym, plus you know random times when I want to listen to music and the stuff's not on YouTube or, you know, or whatever. So speaking of like streaming stuff, um, do you watch any television right now, or are you, are you like me, which right now I would say... Besides sports, which right now the uh, NBA playoffs are on during this time of year and, and the end of the year is coming, and, and, and basketball is my favorite sport, so I watch that a lot. But um, if it wasn't for sports, I could almost never turn the TV on, meaning cable, uh, that I only watch YouTube. Um, I listen to podcasts on my commute. And I watch things on Netflix or Amazon Prime. I, I I could probably at this point not have any cable at all. Um, yeah. Are you the same? Yeah, absolutely. I I I'm paying for a cable subscription because my it makes my internet like forty dollars cheaper. I I yeah. still haven't gone and gotten the coax cable to hook up the box. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, that, that's like I think that just speaks that... volumes of of like how much how much I actually watch TV. <laughs> I, I don't I, have I think the cable to hook up the box. Sometimes when I have this discussion with people, they don't even realize how much they don't need cable. Because even if you do like some shows, and like you said, there's Hulu and there's different things, even if there are some shows that you do like, uh, a lot of them are on the network televisions, which are broadcast in HD over the air anyway. Um, and... The other things that you'd like are either you can catch up with them on Netflix or you can watch them on Hulu or you can stream them over your iPad to the thing. Or now with Apple TV having like the ABC app and this app and that app that is, you know, the fact that, you know, if you look at what you watch over the course of a month, if you wrote down on a piece of paper, here's what I watched this month. I bet you that there's there's very little that you would not be able to get without a cable subscription at this point. Yeah, I, I I think the you know sports is the main 
selling point of why people have or still have it. Um, sports and let's say maybe like their you know their favorite twenty four seven or whatever news channel that's not really news, it's more entertainment. But um, you know that's that's what I see people like when I you know walk into somebody's house and I see like oh hey the TV's on. It's it's never oh here's like the latest show anymore. You know if they're watching the show, it's on Netflix or Amazon or something else. They're they're not yeah. watching like a show on TV. I feel like the last time some like people were actually watching it on the network on the show, you know, through the through cable was like Breaking Bad. <laughs> like that was like right. the last. And and now I, I think I think they do they do streaming online and and sell the episodes on Amazon. Um, AMC does so. Even even that, like if they came out with like a new series, like I still wouldn't, I, I wouldn't watch it through cable. Right. I would rather stream anything at any time. So, did you? Moving on to another topic, did you um, watch Build Microsoft Build or Google I/O or anything like that? Have you kept up with any of the latest Microsoft and Google news? Because there's been a lot of Microsoft news lately. Um. I've been just kind of not following anything. I saw a little bit about uh, Google I.O. On, on Hacker News, and mm-hmm. um, and it just, I don't know, I just seemed like, like Google seems more and more and more out of touch hmm. with, with uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly, like, like, whether it's their messaging platforms, you know, mm-hmm. messaging or video, or it just seems like there's there they need. I want to say more top level leadership of like this is the direction our company is going to go on. These are the products we're going to build, and um, it seems like it's just okay. Everybody's using their twenty percent time to try to get their pet project in front of the the leader, and then. You know, then there's six different messaging applications and four different video applications, and then and then they say, okay, well, two of these are gonna six, two of these are gonna go forward, and it's just a, it's a huge mess, and that's what it kind of feels like, and um, and that makes me like much less inclined to invest time in Google stuff. Mm-hmm. I think. You know, I don't know. I, I would say that if, if I was at Google from the very beginning um, and I was bought into this culture of, like, try many things and experiment and release early and release often and everything else, which in some – for some for some things, I, I, I think that that's one of the best methods, like software frameworks and open source projects and – many different things where if you get it out early enough, you can get a lot of collaboration and the, and the way that that thing is made then is, is based on what the community needs as a whole instead of one particular party and so on and so forth. I think that there's a lot of things where I would say the, that methodology works the best. But at the same time, if I was at Google this whole time, I would say, look, look, look at how it has worked for us. This, this, you know, uh, incredibly diverse set of services that we offer, and every year we shoot a whole bunch in the back of the head, and we continue to move on. Um, so, if you look, um, one of the things that the the first few minutes of the Google I/O keynote by Sundar, 
who is the CEO now of Google, he um, essentially shows you like seven or eight products or something like that that have a billion users on a monthly basis. Now, there's obviously overlap there. Like there's a billion, you know, more than a billion users of Gmail, but also there's a billion users of Google Maps and some of those are overlapped. It's not like they're, you know, eight billion. <laughs> they don't have eight billion. They don't have more people in the world than there are using Google stuff. But in general, they have like these massively successful products. And all of them, I would say, uh, if you look at where they started, all of them started with Google's 20% time. And so, and for those that are listening to this that don't know what 20% time is, that, that Google employees um, are allowed 20% time to work on projects that they feel like they want to do. Um, I don't know how that's policed, and I haven't followed up along, like in a long time on, on all of that and whether or not anybody really even tracks that or how many employees do it as opposed to those that don't and so forth. But it's just like a, it's, it's in the fabric of Google's culture to say you can take a fifth of your time and – um, devoted to something like uh, an email service that became Gmail or a mapping service that became Google Maps and so forth. So, so far, I would say that this culture of releasing a whole bunch of stuff, and even though the consumers are like, what is going on? What is all this stuff? That eventually the market kind of figures out where it wants to go, and they have some kind of service that's there that everything kind of coalesces around, and then they that becomes a flagship product for, for Google. And the ones that have survived are the big ones that they have out there, like Docs and uh, you know, maps and um, I forget the other ones that they had listed there. Uh, I, I know that Google Photos is not quite at the, they're at like 250 million or 350 million people or something. Like it's just a lot, but it's not a billion. Um, but but they have like these flagship products that, that they now have that they may not have ever had if they didn't have this yeah. 20% time. So, And I, I think just from like a pure like it's exciting and it's cool that like they are like they they have like this big massive money that they're like okay well like we're making all this money from search and let's just try all these different things and that's cool mm-hmm. and that the, there's it's awesome that there are like that android even exists in the first place and and that it's you know now on version you know 9 or 10 or whatever it is but mm-hmm. um and like i i will probably never be a like google home like user, um, but I, I think it's cool that that you know that they're trying that 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 they're do, that they're doing that and they're making the investment mm-hmm. into the AI that goes into that. That's cool, um, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I I think like the whole like battle and and like the craziness behind their um, robotics and uh, self driving car stuff like that's fascinating on a like on a macro level of like wow like there's all these companies like rushing trying to get to get to be the the one or one of the few companies that's providing this you know like the power behind the throne before the car companies themselves get there and it's it's incredible to see like this you know it's almost almost like a like a game of thrones fight between all these tech companies trying to get to get to the to be the power behind the throne that powers the you know four to ten million cars that are going to have you know that they're they're going to be self-driving cars and they're going to be you know four to ten million cars sold every year they're, they're going to have it starting in 2020 and so it's like okay who's going to power 
the behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's, that's been fascinating. Um, you know, at, at some level, I don't know, you know, maybe in the future I'd want a car that does that, but I definitely still want a car that I control myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, it's, it's exciting on a pure, like tech excitement level, but then like, like practical application to myself, like I see, I see these things and like, there's less and less application in like what I'm doing. Yeah. So, so the reason why, if you go back to your original comment about them, the reason why you think they're losing their way is, is more a, a comment on how much of what they're focused on is interesting to you now. Um, I guess, yes. And then the things that, the things that I am still interested in, they're like, they're not focused, um, or that they're like what they offer doesn't like, it's, it's not exactly what I want or it's not even close to exactly what I want. And it's like just good enough to where I'm like, man, this would be really great if it it had all these other features or even just this one feature. Yeah. Like, yeah, but I, you know, like hangouts. I I would love if huh. if I could if I could just log in using like pair my my non Gmail email address to my Google account so I could so when somebody sends me a hangouts invite to my non Google account, yeah. I could just enter that call. Like, hey, if somebody sends an sends a Hangouts invite to a, to a locked invite, let, let me in. I am this person. I got this invite from my email. Let me in. I, that's that's a, been a particular pain point right now. No, I mean, it, it's a particular pain point for, for me, too. Like, the, the ha- first of all, I've never, I've only had one Hangout that has ever worked. One. Um... That is from the, you know, whether the invite works or doesn't, whether my particular Google account that I'm logged in at the time when I click the link works or not, or the video doesn't work or the chat's not working or somebody's trying to share the screen and it doesn't work. Like, it has never worked. And so that, that also kind of backs up your point about they're all over the place. They have a lot of things going on, which is that almost every single one of their things feels unfinished. Now, something like Gmail has been around for a long time, and, you know, there's a few things that they have that have been, like Google Maps, I think, feels incredibly well done. I think Google Maps continues to surprise me every single time I use it. Um, but by and large, you know, the, the stuff that they come out with, like, if you if you went to Google, you know, I.O. this year and, and downloaded one of their newest things, which, like, it, as an example, the Assistant for iOS, um, I had downloaded the day that they released it, and it, it's, it's just mind-bogglingly bad and that's because we've we've now been kind of coached to think that by the time i get it it should be pretty good it's like and yeah it's not <laughs> I, I think like a lot of google stuff is alpha level software it's it's alpha level stuff and they're just they're, they say hey you know what we're just gonna like put this out there and if people use it if people like it We'll invest more into it and get it to the beta and eventually to like that final polished level. And um, you know, at, at some at some point, I I realized like, hey, I want to use 
solid quality software, like the, the minimum viable product that, that I'm willing to put up with is not alpha level software. Right. And I, I, so that, I that do wish they... off from, from like saying, Hey, I want to like, I, I definitely want to be a, a Google user. I'm going to, you know, eat all of their, all of their dog food and, and go 100% with Google. But but I, I, I really don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I think that just speaks to the different culture, you know, where we expect one thing, but we get another. Like, so with Google, we, 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 we should just expect it to be alpha level and get over it. And that way our expectations are set properly. Um, and then with someone like, you know, uh, Apple or, or, maybe even Microsoft, like Microsoft is also in the Google-ish world where they seemingly let things out the door slightly earlier than they should. Um, however, I think they're getting a lot better. I think the Satya Nadella is doing a really good job of, of leading that company. And I think the things that I've seen come out of it in the last three years are way better than what I saw, you know, for the decade prior. And so I'm really interested to see what they'll be in five or six years from now. Yeah. Um, I, I've been very impressed with their their hardware offerings in the past few years, and um, the the fact I mean I, I had this uh, you know the with the Linux subsystem they had a bug with uh, GCH and it was filed in December and it, you know confirmed in January and then like. I, I was stuck, like, trying to install Rails, trying to install, um, yeah. and, and just stuck. Like, okay, I have to go install a, a virtual Linux and and just continue my work there because there's this bug, and it's it's a Windows bug, and I can't do anything about it. Well, right. the patch was promised for April, and it actually came in April, and now, now I'm back to work on in that Linux subsystem. So that was good to see, like, okay hey, they promised, hey, we have a patch for this. It's actually going to get deployed. And it did, you know, with the with the April update. Um, I'd, I'd love to see that, like, those kinds of things fixed on a more often basis. Like, they had the fix in, in December or maybe in January, and I had to wait. Well, do you, are you part of the Insider program or no? I'm not. Okay, because someone I work with, Tucker... He he's on the Insider program, and so it's like every two weeks he gets an update. So okay. he's been using the Windows subsystem. Yeah, he's been using the Windows subsystem for Linux since you know we brought him on in in my in December, and since then he's been he's gotten tons of updates. And even since Build, which released the Creators update, there's been like two or three updates since then that they've fixed things. So they're constantly moving that Insider's update, which you deal with little tiny hiccups here and there, but by and large, you get the stuff a lot, lot faster. Um, okay, so I think that's good probably for this episode, but uh, just to get us back into the swing of things. Um, but there, there are a few things that I think that we can bring up next time, one of which is that I have the new MacBook Pro, which I believe is going to be updated yet again in June because at w- the rumor is that at WWDC they're going to have new ones. I'm not sure if this particular model is going to be updated or not or if it's just going to be you know a different laptop altogether. But I also have 
Um, we talked about drones prior, but I also now have a DJI Phantom 4 Pro, which I've been flying for a few months, and I have some you know actual hours under my belt at this point as far as flying, and so I think it'd be cool to talk about that, at least those two topics, maybe not in one episode, but we'll talk about drones and some other things uh, in the future. Absolutely. Sounds like some good things to talk about later. And yeah. uh, look forward to it. You got You got to come up with some topics too, and throw them in the hat, so that we're not just talking about the topics that I bring up. Yeah, I I will uh, have a, have a few, few things to talk about next time. Um, but uh, I, I think it will be good topics and, and things that we can um, like like the uh, the boring company. I'd love to spend a few minutes mm-hmm. getting your thoughts on that. But yeah, <laughs> yep, that'd be good to talk about. Also, um, am I going to see you before we re- like? When when was the the timeline on whether or not I might see you? Uh, to be determined. Probably not not in the next week. So okay, good deal. All right, man. Well, thanks for taking the time today, and uh, for anybody that has listened this long to our dribble as usual, we appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Colin. Later.